Welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where Pastor Jeff Cranston, along with our host, Jen Denton, will discuss biblical theology in an understandable way. You'll discover how to apply biblical truth to your life. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started. Well, hello again, y'all, and welcome back to Kitchen Table Theology. I'm your host, Jen Denton, and along with Pastor Jeff Cranston, we believe what the theologian A.W. Pink once said, almost all doctrinal error is really truth perverted, truth wrongfully divided, truth disproportionately held and taught. And here at Kitchen Table Theology, we are seeking not only to help you know solid biblical theology, but to be led to God by it and hold to the correct theological truth in your heart, soul, and mind. How did you pronounce his name again? Pink. That's not a word that you can say without putting extra inflection you, you in there. You kind of put glitter on it. I did. I said. put sparkles on there. I'm sorry. I shouldn't be laughing. That, I was not <laughs> hey, I was not briefed on how you were going to pronounce it. When that is your last name, it just comes along with it. Pink. Pink. <laughs> Sorry, well, <laughs> but I, I interrupted you. I apologize. No, it, it is, it's a thoughtful comment. <laughs> hey, well, speaking of thoughtful comments, on today's podcast, we are getting back on track with the thoughtful exploration of 33 things that occur instantly at the moment of salvation in every believer. Beginning with episode 104, 104, we discussed and studied that we are part of God's eternal plan, that we're forgiven, that we're adopted that we have an inheritance. We're also called children of God, that we are free in Christ and free from the law, that we are God's gift to Jesus and we are made acceptable to God by the finished work of Christ on the cross. We are a chosen people, a holy nation and a royal priesthood. And of all these things, and there are more, (laughs) these things are brought about instantly on our behalf at the moment of salvation. That's a lot already. So what are we looking at today? I feel like that has to be enough. Doesn't it? But there are yet more things that occur in our lives that Jesus does for us. And what a real joy it is to dive into each one. So hello again, Kitchen Table Theologian. Thanks for joining us today. Today, Jen, we're going to be looking into the topic of the believer being given entrance into a new kingdom. That sounds great. Entrance into a new kingdom. It kind of conjures up some Wizard of Oz type images in my mind. Dollywood. Yes. the yellow brick road. Yes. <laughs> so what are we talking about when we say entering into a new kingdom? Yeah, we better change our imagery real quick here. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's quite a thing. Translated into the kingdom or being given entrance into the kingdom. There's three main verses out of the New Testament that, that give us our foundation for this doctrinal truth. And what we're basically talking about in today's podcast, is that the child of God at the moment, the instant of salvation, and the Bible uses these words, is translated or removed to or brought to a new kingdom by God, the Father's decree, and they are translated, removed, brought from the realm and sphere of Satan's dominion to that of the dominion of Christ. Mm. And that happens instantaneously. Well, I'm sure we definitely want to hear about that. So let's get to reading those verses. So let's let's start with Colossians 1.13. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. How about breaking that down for us? Let me say it again. For he rescued us from the dominion of darkness. The domain of darkness. Domain of darkness. And transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. And dominion and domain, that's very, very, very similar. Okay, so God 
at the moment of salvation, rescues and redeems believers. That word domain can also be translated as power, authority, or strength. So he rescued us from the domain or the power, the authority, the strength of darkness. So in in this verse, Paul's referring to God's rescue of Christians from the power of sin and death. Darkness is contrasted with light, and just as light and darkness have nothing in common, and good and evil are opposed to each other, so heaven and hell are opposites. In addition, Paul says that God has transformed us from sinners bound by sin into new creations meant and bound for heaven. And this, once again, highlights for us God's rescue of us as believers from the power of sin and its consequences. He writes about that in Romans 6. Mm-hmm. Christian believers are not merely protected from the penalty of sin. We are radically, instantaneously removed from it. And then in that verse that you read, we're transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son. Now, that phrase, beloved son, is not used often in the New Testament. You think it would be, but it, that, that phrase is almost exclusively reserved for Jesus's baptism and in the transfiguration. And the term beloved son was spoken by God the Father. Hmm. Jesus also used the phrase in one of his parables in Luke 20. But outside of that, we don't see it. Mm-hmm. Until we come here to this verse in Colossians one thirteen, mm-hmm. and I like the aspect. There's a the, in the Jesus Storybook Bible that I used to teach with lower school children. We talk, we kind of put this in terms that they could understand, calling it a rescue mission. <laughs> it is because kids yeah. will resonate with that. Absolutely. I think you know will resonate with that idea. Well, and then our, we're given entrance into the the kingdom of God at that rescued moment. out of yep. The bad into and placed into, the, into the, yeah. the great, yeah, yeah. Well, what's our next verse? First Thessalonians. That's hard for me to say always. <laughs> First Thessalonians two twelve. <laughs> I think it's hard for everybody to say. <laughs> All right, we've got that one here. Walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into His own kingdom and glory. So there's the entrance idea again. Mm-hmm. He's calling you into His own kingdom. So believers have a special calling. And that calling is into his own kingdom and glory. So we, we've, we have to temper and, and tune and sort of, uh, our lives to this calling. We, we adjust ourselves to God and the calling he gave to us. He does not adapt himself to us. So please note, kitchen table theologian, this call is not written in what Jen just read there. It's not written in the past tense. He doesn't say who has called you rather. Paul expresses it in the present tense. So God is currently calling us to serve continually in his kingdom and for his glory. God calls you today to this service. He called you yesterday to this service. He called you at the moment of salvation to this service. And he's going to call you tomorrow and until you are standing before him Hmm. one day. This calling, you see, never ceases. And we're called into his own kingdom. The word own. You know, we, we could, we could be proffered a call. We could accept a call to many different kind of kingdoms. Those kingdoms would compete for our commitment and those other allegiances would lure us away from our ultimate purpose. But God designed us for the highest calling. So the kingdom he's talking about is that sphere of behavior where God is sovereign and supreme. So catch that because usually when we think of kingdom, we tend to think of walls and gates mm-hmm. and battlements and a glorious city 
and it's this almost like a geographical place. But the word kingdom used here is a sphere of behavior that God is calling all of us to where he is sovereign and supreme. And then we're not only called into his own kingdom, but his own glory. And so now he's talking about the glorious future with our glorious God. And kingdom and glory, they just go together hand in glove. And what I'm hearing in these several verses so far is that God is giving us a divine, we've used the word call, but a divine summons of sorts Mm -hmm. to an entirely new idea or concept of living, that we're on earth to represent God in his work, that we're kind of like ambassadors. And so as ambassadors, we then need to give that credit to Christ. I think you're exactly right. So way to apply that. You get it. You got an A plus on the last podcast, so you get another A plus today. (laughs) (laughs) So last verse. So that's second Thessalonians two twelve, Colossians one thirteen, was it, I think? So now Mm -hmm. the last verse is second Peter one eleven. The entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied to you. Read that one more time, please. The entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be abundantly supplied to you. All right, Lord and Savior. So note that title for Jesus. That is his full title. He is both Lord and Savior. Second Peter is the only book in the New Testament that calls him Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. And it does that four times. So note the order of the titles, Lord and Savior. First and foremost, he is Lord. So he has... He has the right to be Lord or King over our lives. He has rights over our family, career, business, domestic life, everything. If we have any areas of our lives that we don't submit to the Lord, to the King Jesus, then it's illegitimate. We submit everything as as Christ followers. We've got to submit everything we have, everything we own. We've got to submit it all to him. And so we can never find ourselves or we should never find ourselves in a position of saying to him, here are all the keys of my life. Except one. That key's not yours. That That's mine. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm locking you out of this area of my life. The Christ follower cannot say that. So when we crown him king of our lives, we crown him Lord of our lives. Mm-hmm. We give him the keys to every room of our lives. He's got to have access to the kitchen as well as the bedroom and the family room and, and everywhere. He is Lord. And then that verse began with the entrance into the eternal kingdom. So that only occurs through the new birth. That is much more than merely being delivered from spiritual darkness, which we talked about. However much of an advantage that is to us, obviously. So through the new birth, he brings us to be inducted into and established in the kingdom of God's dear son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I think that's kind of a spiritual gut check that we have to do every now and then. You know, we have to ask ourselves, and we'll ask you, kitchen table theologians, what what's your estimation of Jesus as the Lord of your life? You know, I think it's sometimes to to think about the things that we let go and really, really ask ourselves is do we in our hearts believe that he's worthy to be king of our life? Clearly, he's proven himself to be, and he should be king of our homes. He is the divine umpire, if you want to talk, put it in yeah. those terms of our families. Sure. And it doesn't do any good to argue with the umpire as many as you, times as, you know, no, children you and lose. parents on yeah. the ballpark would you like to, you, you never would get like one to over do. On the you know, he's this divine arbitrator. 
in all aspects of our lives, between husbands and wives, between parents and their children, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. And there's nothing wrong with his calls on our lives. He's not prejudiced toward us. He possesses all of the facts and understands the unforeseen aspects of our lives that we don't see. You know, and if we want to encourage you as you're doing this self-evaluation, you're kind of doing that heart check or that gut check. If you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he will not only save your soul, but he will also salvage all of those components of your life. Amen to that. He'll call the shots. And if we try to run it on our own, that's when we lose our spiritual way. Quickly. Yeah, very, very <laughs> quickly. So now that you've got a sermon out of me... <laughs> Thanks for listening to Kitchen Table Theology. (laughs) (laughs) And this is very much a do as I say, not as I do type thing, because we all have those moments of of control where we want to hold on to things. That's the whole battle. Yeah. Until we are are translated and go from death to to eternal life. That's always a battle. For sure. And we realize the freedom that is actually there Mm -hmm. and letting go. So, well, hey, this has been awesome today. Thanks for coming along as we have joined in yet another aspect of the things that happen at the moment of salvation entrance into the kingdom. And now that you're here, take a moment wherever you're listening from and rate and review this podcast, including Spotify and iTunes. It really helps us get new listeners on board and help them find the show. And we want to spread that kitchen table theology message and love. And don't forget to check out today's episode show notes as well. As always, we want to say thanks to Danny and her team at StreamlinePodcast.com for making us sound good and for the very helpful episode notes. And when we don't use them, we all know. <laughs> the interview that I did with Ricky. Clear. Yeah, his, oh, that's, I apologize for the audio quality of that. That was entirely on me, but we're always trying to keep it at a certain level. Well, speaking of audio and creative quality, we want to give a special shout out to Dylan, Dylan. Voorhees, today's sound engineer, and to our creative team and all of our friends here at Low Country Community Church in Bluffton, South Carolina, for making the Kitchen Table Theology podcast possible. Head on over to jeffcranston.com for more information about Dr. Cranston, his books, his sermons, his leadership notes, and blog posts. And let us know. Don't forget, if you got 18 out of 18 or maybe even 17 out of 18, correct? If you missed number 15. Yes. We're Calling it the gen curve. curve, You're good. (laughs) Then let us know because we do want to get some merch in your hands. Who doesn't want some kitchen table theology? Free kitchen table theology coffee mug will head your way if you'll just let us know. Yes. And how do they let us know? They're going to send you an email. Email pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. Great. And Lord willing, we'll be back next week with another great episode. So there it is. Go deeper. And until next time, always remember that the real power of theology is not only knowing it, but applying it. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Jen Denton and Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, you can check out the show notes at jeffcranston.com. You can also email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's word to our lives. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.